0: Jay from the hills of Texas. And also in Texas, A.K.A. Mike. Hey, got a new intro there. <laughs> I thought fun. I'd try something else out. Hey, it never hurts to try something else out. What is going on? It's Tuesday morning or Tuesday evening or I guess it's Tuesday evening. But uh, Well, anyway. it depends on
2: where you are in the world, Mike. I so guess it, it is All true. of those, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday. Holy
0: smokes, this month just zipped by. We are just... Looking at the electric festival right around the corner, uh, Philip comes in this weekend. Um, man, this year's already getting started with a bang. Actually, I've been working on airplanes almost the entire month.
2: Yeah, and I, I heard already. your wife was complaining about a lot of that.
0: Uh, she did. Yep, I uh, relegated her car outside, which was not a not a very happy uh, time in our lives. So <laughs> I, I uh, literally put my big uh, katana together, and it took up the entire garage like it is it is wider than her little car and i moved her car outside but when i put the wings on and you know got the tail and everything i i uh, was trying to do some weight and balance with it and yeah it i didn't want to take it apart again so i just left the car outside so when she came walking in she goes uh where's my car <laughs> i said dude where's my it's car? in the driveway uh anyway I'm in the doghouse for that.
1: So but. I just want to hear, Mike, uh, for our listeners who you know don't tread into the area of getting their wife to push their car out of the garage so that they can work <laughs> on their plane. What was the negotiation like with you and your wife? But uh, you already answered it by saying there wasn't one.
0: No, <laughs> there was no <laughs> negotiation. Right. I basically took the keys off of the little peg that's, you know, we have a laundry room. And when you come in, we hang our keys up. So, like, all the vehicles are out there. Yeah, I just grabbed the keys, moved the car back. I parked it in the driveway, so I didn't park it, like, you know, out on the street or anything. But I parked it in the driveway, and then I went in there and put my uh, airplane together. And anyway, she came back. You know, she works from home, so it wasn't like she was going anywhere. But when she did come out to go somewhere... Uh, needless to say she tried to crawl in my airplane (laughs) she said it's big enough i could almost get in there Uh, i was like well don't sit on it two things then mike
1: concessions any concessions you made
0: um wow no i I won't i I won't know till she you know what i may be uh i may be missing an airplane because it's sitting in there now and she's you know out running errands So when she returns, she tries to pull into the driveway. Like she normally
2: zips right into the driveway. Zing! Hits the garage door Puts the garage door right in. And,
0: yeah, I hear this crunch, crunch, and a big horn going off. And then somebody's angry that, you know, she wrecked her car. And, of course, my airplane doesn't matter.
1: That would not be a concession.
0: Uh, It would be a concession on my part because I lost the big airplane. No, she's actually, you know what, we've been doing this for so long that, she just kind of, she knows the electric festivals around the corner and she knows that I'm having to get, you know, all my, I, I want to get all my airplanes ready to go. So she's, um,
1: but this is a gasser, Mike.
0: Yeah, she's okay with it too. Actually, believe it or not, she, uh, came out, uh, that's one of the things I was going to talk about. I got a new toy and, uh, I was out there playing with it and then she came out and actually helped me, uh, with it a couple of times. So, yeah. She's she's been okay so far. I actually told her that I would stand the airplane up and put it up against the wall; she could pull her car in. And she said, "Nah, just leave it out there." So I'm not sure what I'm going to have to do later. Yeah. you know, to get out from it because she was, you know, anytime my wife is like, you know, oh yeah, it's okay, just do that. Then something is coming up where I'm going to have to do something. <laughs> but we know that you're good to, enough that don't you trust will her. Do it. <laughs> I'm going to have to go see a chick flick or, you know, go to some party that I don't want to go to or, you know, I don't know. Go to the what do they call that? The book club or women's meeting or whatever. I, I don't know what's coming up, but I I know that I'm going to be said, you know, it's going to be my turn because when she goes, well, you know, I did let you just use the whole garage for your big airplane. Right. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> OK, yes, all right, yes, you win. Let's do whatever it is. Go so this is weird,
2: shopping. I was going to say, because usually when this happens, when you're putting something together, you've taken over, like, either the dining room table, right? True. Usually yeah. all the stuff ends up in the dining room table, or on your, uh, you have that, uh, your uh, counter.
0: You yeah. Uh, an island.
2: It ends up on top of the island. So this plane is so large. This is the thing that's really freaking me out. You, your plane is so large, you couldn't put it on the table or on the island.
0: Uh, right? No. No. No, yeah. And actually, I got kudos today uh, because she said, oh, how do you like working in the garage? Because I had to keep coming in and getting stuff out of, you know, my little hobby room and taking it out to the garage. So as a result, she saw things leaving her little, her office slash my hobby room. <laughs> so, so she's kind of thinking, yeah, you know, I I kind of like you out in the garage. Maybe that's why she was okay with me leaving the car car outside for the moment. So... Um, as long as I just don't start bringing the stuff back into the house, I think she's okay with it all going out to the garage.
1: Jay, let's, um, let's get a hold of her next week and we'll interview her separate from Mike. Uh, we could do that. Yeah. Separate from me. <laughs> yeah. Separate from you. <laughs> we'll you goes. can be totally I'll open with us. So really, you can be totally, totally yes. open with us. It's no problem at all. <laughs> Mike won't even know you said That's this right. stuff.
0: <laughs> at least until the podcast comes out. Well, okay. <laughs> I figured you'd ask me what my t- new toy was.
2: Well, we were going to get oh, to that. I That's guess. why I brought up the thing about the table. Well, Normally you just We
1: th- Yeah, we wait. This story
0: was this so riveting. So yeah, long, she had to wait? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Typically. sorry. Uh, well, yeah. my new toy uh, is a Zykoi uh, weight and balance meter. Yeah, thanks. Which, believe it or not, it's it's spelled X-I-C-O-Y. The uh, funny thing is, is that I ordered it out of a company in Australia. Come to find out. The people that make it are in Spain. So I don't know why I ordered it from Australia. I could have ordered from Spain, but those are the guys that had it on sale, I guess. So I <laughs> <it> from <them. laughs>
2: What does that do? And pray tell, what is this zo- Zoicoi or whatever? The Zicoi.
0: Um At least I think that's how you say it. I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's it's X-I-C-O-Y, and I think it's uh, Zicoi. It is... A weight and balance slash angle meter, which is, it's a really kind of cool unit. Uber expensive. I got it for the big airplane because, you know, one of the things that you have to do is weight and balance this thing. So what this does is it's got four, it's got three little hockey puck looking, looking metal pieces. And you put those on the main gear and one on the nose gear or the tail wheel. Then you plug all those via servo wires into the main box. And then the main box has a couple of different uh, options in it. Uh, you do a tear weight, which zeroes everything out, and then now it will actually weigh your airplane. So if you're interested, my uh, my big 36% Katana weighs 31 pounds.
1: Oof. Wow. Uh, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow is right because I'm having to honk that thing around, pick it up and move it around. It's It's a big airplane.
1: Well, that also speaks pretty well to the – DA motor you got for it.
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. That's a good point. I'll bring that up later. Don't let me forget. But uh, that there is something to having to do with the DA in this whole process. Once you get the measurements, you measure from the main gear to the tailwheel, and then you measure from a firewall to the CG, and you measure from the main gear to where the CG is. So you have all those measurements. You put them all in. You, once you put them all in in millimeters, it – Figures out where your CG is, what where the CG for your airplane should be. It basically will tell you whether you're tail heavy or nose heavy.
1: Is this thing like a lot like a regular balancer? Uh, how do you mean? Well, I mean you know you have the balancers that you use to find, to put your you know plane balancers. That oh, like the CG
0: machine? Like yeah, the great plane except CG for machine. this
1: has a scale on it as well. Evidently,
0: it's like they do a normal airplane. They put you know the airplane on a weights so it's actually sitting on these pucks and then based on the weight of the front and the back it figures out the distance between all of that and it calculates how
1: it how many pucks are there three and then um they're placed on the ground and then you put the plane on that on the pucks and what is it what are the where do the three pucks go
0: they go right underneath the wheels
1: uh three wheels so you have to have wheels to do use uh-huh. this
0: um, I would assume you had to have wheels to do, or at it. least I mean, some kind know. of point
1: that's that that's touching the puck. I imagine,
0: yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would think that um, you really wouldn't need to, you know, use this machine for something that only weighs a couple of ounces. I mean that's you're you're spending a lot of money on a machine that you could do with your fingers. I just can't do a thirty pound airplane with my fingers. <laughs> I'm <just> laying <laughs> on my back, holding this thing up with my two fingers on a thing. go, oh, hey, okay, so I mean, it's hard enough to so wait you got around. this
1: plane and then you thought one day, you know what I need? I need this fancy no. spancy okay, so tell me how you what came to that conclusion that you needed this thing. I mean, you—you you, can't do it with your fingers. I got what you're saying, but it's like you just decided one day to buy this thing because you needed the tool. Is that the idea? I mean, that's just well, beyond me. I don't—I
0: don't do that yeah. kind of
1: stuff. I usually said, no, Jay says, my... Mike, go. You got to get one of these
0: things, and then I go get it. <laughs> nope. Uh, actually, nobody said it. Um, part of the thing is is that I've got two turbine jets and uh, and this big airplane in there that are going to need some sort of a weight and balance, you know, measurement. So for Christmas that's kind of what wound up under my tree was the Got it. weight and balance meter on Got top it. of the, or as well as the DA. But yeah, it was one of my Christmas gifts that came in. Okay. So anyway, what it does is it allows me to, normally on an airplane that big, you have to have two people to do the weight and balance, or you have to have some kind of a sling where you put it around, you know, ropes and pulleys and get it up to balance it. I mean, because imagine it's 30 pounds worth. So anyway, I my little CG meter won't even hold up the thirty pounds. I mean the thing'll just crush right underneath it. And it's tall enough that the CG meter won't touch the bottom of the wing anyway, so it's kind of a moot point. And I guess you could do like Spencer does. He has a basically an Excel program that he measures everything out, weighs it on a little scale. This this wheel weighs fourteen pounds, this wheel weighs fourteen thirteen five, this you know, there's five pounds on the tail, and then he can program it all into a spreadsheet. And come out with a CG that's relatively close to where he needs to be. That Spencer's a brainiac. I know he is a brainiac, but and he's been doing it a long time. And I'm not as smart as he is, I guess. So uh, I saw this little unit and I thought, wow, this thing is cool. And I did a bunch of research on it, and and I thought, okay, this will be kind of cool to see. Uh, plus, it'll do. It has these little angle meters that come you can buy with it, and you put those on the ailerons, and it'll actually show you in millimeters or in degrees. So if you're, you know, in this airplane, I need 30 degrees of throw. I can set the meter on there, crank it down, and get it to go 30 degrees or 20 millimeters or whatever the case may be.
1: Instead of those clip-on ones that I use.
0: Yeah. So, and it's all graphical, so you can do it real time. That's the best part about this. You know, the CG meter uh, that we have for our smaller airplanes, you move your battery around and the thing's like falling all over the place. You don't, this, this one, if you can imagine, you know, trying to hold 30 pounds and you know it's 90 96 inches long and it's trying you're trying to hold a seesaw basically and with one leg out and one arm and doing it by yourself moving stuff around you don't have to do any of that it basically has an arrow you take your battery and you just slide it across you know you know, like you put it in different places the batteries and it'll move the arrow and tell you how how much weight to add uh, to the nose or the tail so that's kind of cool and in this particular case, when I uh, I set everything up, it said to add 1.9 pounds to the nose.
1: Whoa. Wow. Again.
0: Yeah.
2: Pound of lead.
0: Well, that was the problem. I was, you know, I have two receiver batteries. They weigh ounces. You know, they weigh 28 ounces or whatever to, together total. I mean, they're not heavy. They're two cell. They're 3,500 milliamp. And there's only you know two cells, and then you put them in the front, and it changed it like point oh two. So now I, instead of adding one point nine pounds, they wants me to add one point you know seven pounds. <laughs> I'm still like one point seven pounds. I don't even have anything in my house
2: that weighs a full you know pound. So this started the lead expedition, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm you know I'm asking around trying to figure out what you know I'm looking around trying to figure out what I have and I've got sand or you know I, I don't have any lead in the house I mean lead's bad right I mean should it or that's what we've been told so anyway I I was looking for like lead shot because you know Jay had put in a little balloon in his uh, P51 I didn't have any of that so I, I'm walking around trying to figure out what I have that's that's worth a pound well water. Weighs eight pounds per gallon. So I just filled up a cup full of water and I started filling it up until I actually got a full pound. Now, the good news and bad news is, I mean, you're talking about like a 32 ounce glass <laughs> full of water. That's a lot of volume. How do I get something that big and stick it inside the airplane? So I gave Barry a call, and you know, Barry's like, "Oh, I'll go get some fishing weights," and I'm like, "Oh, fishing weights—that's a good idea. They're lead, right? They have little holes in them, and you could just drill them, and you know, zip tie them, do whatever." Ran by the hobby store, talked to Rick out there. He's like, "Hey, join the club. You know, everybody just puts lead shot uh, in you know little bags or whatever, and canvas bags, and puts them up front." Well, this wanted me to add, uh, you know, basically a pound of lead right on the spinner. That's where it was telling me to add it. And I was thinking, oh, how do you get weight on the spinner? Well, as I was reading and doing some research, I realized that you don't have to add it right on the spinner. You just have to add more of it in front of the wheels. So, like, you know, they they give you the least amount, you know, 1.7 pounds. If you could put it in the spinner, that'd be great. But if you move it back you know you got to add more than 1.7 pounds right so
1: like you could have formed so, a lead spinner
0: uh you know i they have lead weights that go inside the spinner but the, i'm just saying
1: make a lead spinner
0: yeah and then you'd have to I be balanced and all that, that stuff that'd be no good right right and that's the problem with the lead weights that go on the on the prop they uh, they basically you know you you make them but at the same time they you know you pretty much they wear out because they're spinning around. You don't want it to be unbalanced, especially in this airplane. It vibrates enough as it is. Well, back to my original thing when I said there was something wrong with the DA-120. Uh, the, the, the airplane that I have, you know, the dumpster dive airplane, is like 10 years old or 12 years old. And so the, the original airplane came with what they call a DA-100. That's what they suggested that you put on this. Now, the DA100 had a steel crank, and it was it was an older motor, and it weighed like five and a half pounds, which you don't think is, you know, very much. I mean, it's a pretty big motor. However, the new DA120, today's DA120, whatever version it is, only weighs four pounds. Okay. So, I lost... A pound, and uh, you know, almost two pounds out of the motor. That's why this airplane was so tail heavy at the time. Oh. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, and it was Barry suggested it. But we started re- reading and researching it, and found out that the there was a definitely almost a one and a half pound difference between the motors. Well, some of the reviews of this airplane way back when they basically said, "Yeah, we had to add a pound, you know, of lead weight to the nose." So anyway. I was trying to figure out how to do it, and um, ran over to the fishing store. Asked the guy, "Hey, you know, where's your lead weights?" He's like, "Oh, they're over here." So I went over there and had a whole, you know, boatload of these things. No pun intended, but they were everywhere. And so I picked up. They, they're in ounces, right? So 16 ounces is a pound. So I said, "I need a 16 ounce weight." He goes, "Oh, there's one. There's three. You can have this one, which looks like a. I don't know, a Jay, diamond. You know what? It looks a like a pyramid." Yeah, like a pyramid. You called it something, I think, an ignit or something like that. Anyway, it looks like a pyramid. And then he goes, we have this one, which actually looks like an anchor, right? It's the teardrop shape with the right. hole in it. And he goes, or we have this one. And he holds up this bowling ball. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. It's it's literally a one-pound ball. It looks like a cannonball. It It's what it is. It said cannonball. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a cannonball. Well... Let me tell you how big a cannonball, a one pound lead cannonball is. It's, it's about the size. It's a little bit smaller than a baseball. And I, and I've got to mount this thing somewhere and I'm like shaking my head like, Oh my gosh, there's no way. So I, I went ahead and I bought the triangle one and the one that looks like, um, the, um, you know, the, the little horse or teardrop looking thing. And then I, I got two, uh, half pound weights as well. And I came home and I, I was kind of watching some videos and and uh on the bottom of the firewall, right underneath the motor box, there, um, there's two studs where, that actually were there uh, for the the um <laughs> there there were two studs that came out for the exhaust on the old um, motor. So anyway, these studs are—they're just like seven sixteenths nuts, you know, on the end of them. And I, th- I started thinking to myself, I was like, "Hey, man, I should build something where I could put some lead on these studs." So I watched a couple of videos on YouTube. Thank goodness for the YouTube's. Yay, YouTube's. I know, right? And where would we be without those? And they basically built a bo- a wooden box, and they melted the lead, which melts at a fairly low temperature, and it—they um, poured it in there and made like little bricks. So I thought, hey, this is a pretty good idea. So I measured it all out. I made a little template, cut out some wood, built a little box. I think I sent you guys a photo of it and said, hey, here's my lead box. Melted the lead with an acetylene, um, not acetylene, it's a map gas uh, torch in a little tin can and me- melted it all all of that stuff and poured it in there and made a, a flat piece of um, lead that's about the size of a Hershey bar. Matter of fact, it looks just like a Hershey bar. And then, uh, it fits flat against the bottom of the, of the motor box, flipped it around and mounted that on there and took a couple of those, uh, peel and stick lead weights to make sure. And I got it to, to be as close as 0.03. So that, that's, that's pretty amazing that I was able to add all that weight back. And so what I was saying about, you know, my wife coming out and helping me is that I got all this stuff done. And then I was kind of like, how close is this really, you know, this new machine, cause it's expensive and. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, it's kind of right on the money. So I measured out where the CG would be on the wingtips, and she came out there and picked up one wingtip. I picked up the other right on the right on the CG, and it balanced perfectly.
2: I was so excited. Very nice. So you ended up having to, you know, I know I was talking about. Uh, talking to you about this the other day, just a little bit, but I didn't know that that's how you made. You, I mean, you sent me a picture of the box that you made, but I I, I just thought you you uh, epoxy, you used some epoxy and lead shot. I wasn't really sure, couldn't tell from the picture how you did how you you know you finally did it. So you right. melted it, huh?
0: I did, yeah. I have a, I have one of those acetylene um, torches that you mm-hmm. just, it's got a trigger on it, and I have some map gas. And I read that you could do it with map gas. It doesn't take very long because the map gas burns a lot hotter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, um, I have a little tin. I, I had a little tin can that had carrots or something in it. You know that we gave to the dog, and and so I took the tin can out of the trash. I tore the, the paper off of it, and I rinsed it out, and then I just uh, put all the lead weights in there and just hit it with the map gas. Took it about. Maybe, I don't know, three minutes or so. Okay. And uh, Well, I'm very glad that uh, you didn't hurt yourself with, uh,
2: you know, molten lead.
0: Uh, yeah. So I will tell you, don't, you know, wear gloves and don't pick up the can <laughs> with your bare hands. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this and th- you want to go do it yourself, don't pick it up with your bare hands because it's glowing red. Uh, right. I actually I- had a big set of channel locks and uh, and just picked it up and poured it in. Uh, the other thing that I did was make sure your box is level um, mine wasn't quite level so when the when the lead went in it's a little thicker on one side than the other but it didn't it, it mine was flat enough that it didn't really hurt it uh, but i if you're gonna make something that's a little you know needs you, to be did you do this available.
2: in shorts uh I did it in shorts and a t-shirt Okay, yeah. I, I was ready to say that's just what you shouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> working I, I around. Know. Molten lead, buddy. You wanna put on you wanna put on regular pants or long sleeve shirts and you know, the reason I'm saying this is because I've heard mm-hmm. wink wink nudge nudge, <laughs> you know, weird things will happen. Such as if you don't like you cleaned your can out, right? Yeah but if you don't dry it out very well and you right. have moisture in that can yeah. Yeah. and then, you know, you have molten lead in there and guess what happens when when uh you have molten lead and you have a little bit of, of uh water vapor trapped like underneath all that lead and then it finally boils okay, and expands you know. really pop makes yeah. it makes a little pop noise and a little yeah. pop of uh lead goes flying out and where does it land on that bare piece of skin that you have exposed <laughs> which so. is
0: sitting right cuz I did it in my lap you know I was holding the can
2: and not really <laughs>
0: I was actually pretty smart. I went to the dirt portion, so I wasn't doing it in my driveway. I have a little dirt. Or, area. or
2: your wife's table. That would be and, better. <laughs> and right, on this table.
0: And I did it right underneath the uh the water faucet, you know, so that if anything happened I could just turn the water on and, and kinda cool it off as quick as possible. So uh I will tell you that the uh I was a little nervous once I put it uh I poured it in the box. The box actually uh absorbed a lot of the heat. Oh. And um You know, now I have this lead brick in the bottom of this thing and I'm thinking, how do I get it out of there? I don't want to destroy my box because it took me a little while to build it and I'd screwed the sides in, made sure it was all, you know, uh, wouldn't, you know, just come and come out the sides or bust the box open. So I, I didn't really know how to do it. And then I was kind of sitting there and I thought, well, I'll just put water on the box and keep it from burning. So I put water in there, flipped it over, hit it on the ground and the thing just fell right out. So it didn't stick to the wood, which I thought was nice.
2: You know. very, very, very. So okay. uh, yeah.
0: So anyway, it's uh, all ready to go. I actually have been working on the uh, control hinges this week, but um, was trying the, to get those. Was all the
1: wood up. wet to start with? No. This is no. just. It was just press board wood,
0: right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just a little press. What board. Means it didn't burn more. You know, it was really quick. It, uh, according to the couple of videos of people that did it, um, they said that the wood—you know—some guys use two by fours or whatever, but they said that the wood absorbs a lot of the heat. It did burn the inside of the box. I mean, you know, it kind of charred it because it's molten lead. But lead cools at an incredibly—yeah, it does—a high rate. Yeah. So w- once you poured it in there, you know, it, it kind of cooled off really quick. So,
2: but I was—I was super excited. I, I would say that since you live in Arizona, you are surrounded by sand next time yes. just uh you can make a box out with sand in it and then just cuz it's the perfect material
0: um yeah so you you can't just use regular sand out of the ground you have to actually have the a special type that holds the shape so it's like a sandcastle type you know the guys that build the huge sandcastles
2: isn't that what it's all in Arizona
0: no we just oh. have like crushed up granite kind of dirt so it doesn't really hold. It doesn't mold like you can't, you, you know, like if there's wet sand at the beach, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can make a little ball. Yeah, you can't do that with this stuff. It's more dirt. I Trust me, I was thinking about that, too. I actually built a little, you know, kind of dug up some stuff and I was like, oh, OK, this isn't going to work. And I couldn't run the risk of taking a pound of lead and pouring it on the ground and watching it spread out into a paper plate looking thing because then I'm like, oh, my gosh.
2: Well, the, the beauty of it is you can always just pick it up and it all just melts back
0: down. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but now it's got dirt all in it, so nah. <laughs> I didn't want all that. But anyway, it's ready to go. Uh, I just have to get the ailerons uh, done, and then yeah, we're um, we're good to go. So I'll I'll hopefully have that done this today or tomorrow, and and then uh, hopefully we'll maiden sometime soon.
1: Ooh, that's a great story, really. So,
0: yeah. Well, not too bad. I mean, it it was fun, and, and I learned a new t- a new skill. I was really nervous
2: at first. Um, you should be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, learning anything new, I should be nervous, right? Well, That's anything how
2: with fire and above 800 degrees, uh, you should be a little cautious. I'm, okay, I'm just saying. Well, it wasn't like I was running around. and. Well, here in
1: Texas, what we do is time. say, here, hold my bear, and then we go do
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anybody here. I was, however, though, it's funny that you say that, uh, Jay, because when I was sitting out there uh, and I was doing it towards dusk, you know, so uh, it was getting dark outside and it was getting darker Perfect. faster than I wanted to. So, Perfect. So, you know, I've got this big flame. <laughs> and all I could think of is, where's my phone? Because I, I had my phone plugged in in the garage and uh, it was playing music and was sitting on the workbench because that's where my plug is. But I was outside the garage, and I'm thinking to myself, if something happens, this thing explodes, you know, or, you know, burns into the Terminator, burns the side of your face, or, you know, goes on your chest or something. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, something ridiculous. Well, how am I going to yell for help? You know, I mean, I'm going to be some you'll, find a way.
2: you'll yell, and your, na- your neighbors will hear you.
0: <laughs> well, my neighbor moves, so the closest neighbor is not, his house isn't even occupied. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking to myself, I could yell my head off, and my wife wouldn't hear a thing. She was in there watching TV, so. Anyway, so I I was a little more cautious, I think, and I did stand away from uh you know the can, the can was a little further distance away. So I did in you know in good good knowledge for you that I I I practiced a safe uh you know initial lead melting experience, I guess. Well, I, I see
2: most of your hair and uh I see most of your digits, so you know, <laughs> Yeah, they didn't lose it previously.
1: Digits. That's the way you started, Jay. Uh,
2: well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looks pretty much like he did, you know, before, so.
0: Now, I I can see how uh, there are a lot of things that uh, could go wrong uh, out there, though. You know, I mean, they really could. Gotcha. It is a dangerous – I mean, I, I did, like I said, I watched several videos just to try and kind of get an idea. I wasn't really quite sure I was ready to do it, but then I thought, yeah, what the heck, you know. I built this nice little box, and, and I thought to myself, it's pretty cool, so – um, so yeah, it was just, uh, one of those things that, you know, I decided to try and it worked Congratulations. out in my favor. I'm, so I'm glad
2: everything worked out. Like I said, you have all your fingers, toes, eyeballs, yeah. most of your skin. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, if you're a listener and, uh, you've done this before, send us an email and tell me if I did good or not. So <laughs> say, Hey, that was a good job. Or no, you, you, you made a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh,
2: us mistakes. Nah,
0: I know. Right. Well anyway that was my pro- that was my project what What did you have?
1: The only mistake I've ever made was uh not building enough foam model airplanes. That's the only mistake I've ever made
0: Well, you can't uh, ever have enough foam airplanes. that's what i'm saying I mean look every time we we do this podcast, we're looking at Jay's you know monstrosity of racks back there with just airplanes galore. I honestly think that he has passed me. Because I, I used to have, you know, 40, but I've been culling the herd because I've been trying to get room. So, looking and back And I don't there, have
2: all of them because, remember, I still have bunches of them on the
0: deck. I know, and on the deck in the box. I yep. still have a couple in the closet and a couple of turbans out in the box, too. So, But all mine that are out are way bigger. I will tell you that mine are bigger than most of what he has out there, <laughs> at least now. <laughs> so... But yeah, that's what I was doing this week. Um, I got all, you know, I'm trying to get ready for the Electric Festival, so I was I got out almost all my airplanes. The Mangler is back uh, running. The I know we Mangler. talked about that.
2: The a demon is a kind of electricity. Sometimes it gets out of control. People get hurt. Three modern masters of horror have just created the ultimate machine
0: for terror. A couple of podcasts ago. I've got uh, my LUM models. That thing is back up and running. I've got both my gliders up up and running. I'm still waiting on my third glider uh, for the control horns to come in. Here it is already the end of January. I still haven't seen them, but uh, hopefully they'll be on their way. And then uh, all my uh, my cracked Turbo Beaver and my cracked Yak are both you know flyable and ready to go. Somehow, somewhere in my box I wound up with a nine four seven prop and it was really perplexing me um because they had a sale at buddy rc or somewhere and i bought the one dollar or 50 cent i think it was like 50 cents so i bought like three of them yeah, i i noticed that it has an r on it you mean was it was it's it's re- it's reversed it's reversed yeah so i was had it on the airplane i'm like what the heck man this thing is like it, i could feel the air blowing but it wasn't blowing very much and then finally i was like <laughs> oh you know, this is the second time I've done that. I did it a long time ago at the park, tried to fly it. And then uh luckily Jim was like, Hey, you know that's backwards, right? And I'm like, What? And he's like, Yeah, it's a reverse prop for a quad. And I was like, No, oh, no wonder it was fifty cents. But <laughs> <Thought> I got <laughs> such a good deal. <laughs> so anyway, I wound up having two of those in my boxes and I put one on the yak and I was like, Why isn't this thing going? And then I realized it had an R on it. So
2: It happens, bud.
0: I know. The motor box is back on my uh on my yak, uh fifty five, the one oh, you haven't flown that since, my,
2: last, since the last uh, electric festival.
0: Yeah, because we, we went to the, the park after – actually, we went out after the electric festival, went and flew at the club. And I, I landed and touched the prop. I came and did a little pass and touched the prop because it had those little bitty wheels on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the prop hit, it blew the motor box apart. Luckily, the motor box was still in good condition, little epoxy, a uh, little CA glue to get it to stick together, and – Voila! Back in business, and I also got uh, bigger wheels, <laughs> so it won't happen again. Oh, good! So that was well, you've been busy, dude. Really busy. Well, because I, you know, I I didn't want I didn't want to get uh, you know Phillips coming in this weekend, so I had to get all that stuff. You know, I wanted to have at least a bunch of different airplanes to fly. So. Once I started, it was on a roll, and when I got the big airplane mostly done, I just was waiting on stuff to dry, and I was like, okay, well, I'm out here anyway. I just started pulling stuff off the shelf, and so I fixed the 3D Hobby Shop, Edge 540. You know, that was missing a prop. I put a prop on that one finally. Got the wheel pants all put back together, so one of them was hanging off. Oh, my uh, pattern airplane. When I remember I the, one, it in this, the one that we
2: keep uh, going back and forth on the landing gear, that one.
0: Yes, that one actually has landing gear on it now. But remember when I put it up, I hit the tail and it, it oh, dislodged yeah. the tail. It kind of yeah. broke a stringer in the back. Yeah. So that one's now fixed. I uh, mixed up some epoxy. What about
1: that one with um, the broken motor, uh, where the retaining ring broke and the magnet came out? Remember? We were,
0: we, oh, that's the uh, the S the uh, Pitts S twelve. And uh, that one's got a new uh, – remember at the Electro Festival I think we bought – I bought the new motor for that one. Oh, it's okay. Got big – I couldn't could remember yeah, if the you got the it back evolution.
1: together at the end of it.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's all ready to fly too. So that one's uh, ready to go. Oh, by the way, I used my uh, weight and balance meter on that thing because I was like, oh, you know how much – how close am I? Man, it's right on the money. I was really shocked. I put all the measurements in, and sure enough, it balanced right – where the c g markers are awesome so I, I, was, I was pretty i was pretty well that's nice it's nice to validate you know your work, yeah, although I think when I weighed that airplane how the s twelve didn't I tell you it was like ten pounds that sounds about right, yeah, it weighs eight point seven two, <laughs> so doesn't that
2: depend on what battery you use
0: uh that's a six cell battery, yeah okay, yeah, that's a six l thirty three hundred but I have some six cell um 5000s 5, 5, so yeah. i could use those now but that's the hardest thing though jay is when you're getting you know when you go fly some of these airplanes you forget what battery you use and <laughs> i got to start writing that stuff on the inside of the airplane so that when i pull it off i'm go hey cuz i couldn't remember i couldn't My remember buddy Pete does the, that he he writes yeah, down on the smart. inside
2: of the plane he has a little sticker and on there yeah. he puts what battery it uses he has the sticker is located right where the battery goes and all the information you know oh and and what in his radio, because he he's the guy that has like fifteen radios, so he puts right. down what radio it is, and every all the other good measurements for the for the plane. So keeps. Well, him straight. I
0: only have one radio with two hundred fifty models in it. So,
2: well, you could go with uh, AK Mike's motto, and that is all I use is a three you know three cell point two hundred cell.
0: Yeah, pretty much. You don't have anything bigger than that, do you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's it. Nope, nothing bigger than three cell right now. I'll go up to a six cell cause, because I can use my three cell to 2200s, but it has to stay in the 2200 range. Uh, so I'll I go up to so. a six cell 2200, but that's it for now. Okay. Like well, I say, I'm trying to. It's a way to manage the number of planes I have, too, right? That helps manage that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but
2: some of your planes are smaller, so you you, you have smaller batteries than a 2200, but you don't have any batteries larger than a 2200, right? But I don't
1: have very many of the smaller batteries either. I have a ton of the 2200 batteries because I fly only to 2200 planes. And it's amazing. What I think is amazing is that there is a ton of planes that fit that profile. And they're good planes, too. I mean, you have anywhere from the Radjet uh, to the, you know, to the Phoenix 2000 to the Polaris, all kinds of different planes fly that uh, battery set. It's great.
0: Yeah. And if you, like you said, you could always add two together if you had something right. that needed a 6 Right,
1: mile, That's so. Uh, in fact uh, Jeff was talking to me when he was giving me those planes, I was like he's like you get twenty two hundred only, right? Was, I said, Yeah, I'd take a six cell. He goes, Well, this takes a six cell five thousand nah,
0: not that one. I, <laughs> I wouldn't take it. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't <laughs> Well, you could have given it to us. I mean, what the heck?
2: <laughs> That guy, you know, he's never thinking never It's
0: all about me. Well well had Speaking you all the, about me. Had
1: you paid the two bucks a pound for me hauling it, yeah, I probably would've <laughs> uh,
0: had I, well, had well, I, knew I he would have. Have. pay for that? Sure. I mean, come on. How much does that little thing weigh? They're, they're a couple pounds each. That's six, eight well, bucks. I'll give you, you a know? couple of dollars. Well, speaking about all about me, uh, Mike was able to do something this week as well. The uh, what is it? You said you did something with an iNav configurator? What the heck yes. is that all about? so, so um, I got a text about it. You were all excited, like, hey, look what I did. Oh, so I, I don't understand any of that.
1: So, so what it is is the iNav uh, configurator is the tool that you use to configure the the board that we're using that we've been talking about in the last few podcasts uh, to uh, do all the flight board, the flight controller stuff. When I was doing it, if you remember, I said, I bricked my, I thought I had bricked my board.
0: Oh, that's right. And so <laughs> you destroyed the new board that Jay just got you.
1: Yeah. So the reason why I, I bricked it was because I, was, you know, stupidly trying to program it when I couldn't see the entire screen. And the reason why I couldn't see the entire screen is because, The screen that was the default size is too big for most notebooks. Uh, I think it's a 1024 by 800. In my notebooks, like 1330 by 700 or some kind of ridiculous number. So I decided that I was going to see if I could look through the code, figure out where this problem was and fix it for myself at least, and then possibly do something more. And so what I end up doing is fixing it for myself. I compiled the code. It all worked great. Did what's called a pull request. Uh, where I took well, actually had, you have to fork the code base first. It's all very technical stuff. Pardon? Wait,
2: yeah. wait,
0: you got to do what? You
1: fork the code base.
0: No <laughs> forking way.
1: Yeah, and so um, after you do that, you make a pull request wait, and uh, make the changes. Fork and as in like
0: a fork as in like a fork that you eat with.
1: Well, like yeah, that's the basic idea is you take it's you make a new tine, if you will. You fork the fork the code base.
0: <laughs> I've never and, heard that, but that's pretty funny.
1: So I did that and I, I made the changes that work for me and then I um made a pull request. Now they haven't accepted it yet. Uh it's a minor change but and I think that they probably will uh but maybe they won't. I don't know. It doesn't hurt anybody. Who do you have to send it to? Well, why
2: don't you explain to the, to the listeners what a pull request is? Because not everybody is a super brainiac like you are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm dumb.
1: Well, basically, a pull request says, um, I have this fork of the code that's out there. And I've made specific changes to that code. And I would like you to look at my code. And then you're going to make comments on it. Tell me to make different changes. Maybe add some other things. Uh, go change this, that, and another thing because they know the code base better than I do, and they might make suggestions for it. So the pull request says, please look at this code and make comments on it, and then if you find it to be reasonable, include it into the code.
2: Now, this is the big, I guess, plus for having things like iNav or I even think um, uh, the FreeSky stuff is uh, – I shouldn't say user-based. user, user based. It's uh, is that open right source. Term? open source that yeah, opens an open source yeah. so anybody who has the knowledge to do this or comes up with a better idea can send it in and have a, and, and do the pull request like you said right right and then the the actual i guess head board or head guys who run that community can look at it like it and then implement it into the next correct release the, of the of the program
1: yeah the cool thing is the cool thing is if i make changes and i like them but they don't it doesn't matter because i you can to, use it you're on your own right, right i get to use them right no. now and in fact if someone else likes my fork or my version of it or if i if they say hey mike what's the you know give me the difference against the master which is their code base uh and i uh, get you know my pull request actually has all the changes i made so they could apply it to their own space if they wanted to uh as well so they don't have to wait for it to go into the master code base they can just apply it to themselves and just apply my fork
0: or, Didn't you do um, something like this with Tyrannus? Didn't you write some code for the Tyrannus radio?
1: I, I didn't write any code, oh, but part? I did take um, back, gosh, it was probably two years ago now. I took uh, the documentation. Uh, they did a great job on their documentation, but I just wanted it to be formatted a little differently. And so I forked oh, the. I yeah, I forked the code of uh, the uh, documentation. And then I started making changes and I took requests from people and, and added some of that stuff. Um, uh, my life changed qu- quite a bit, as, I, cause I, as you know, because I came down to Texas. And so I haven't done a lot of that recently. But yeah, that's, I did do that for that too. But that's the cool thing. Again, they, they're not relying on me to make these changes. I just did it because I wanted to. Um, and that's what open source is about. You scratch the itch that you have and um, make changes to stuff that you feel might be useful for others.
0: Well, this is a family show, so keep your forking down to a minimum, if you would.
2: <laughs> and as we're saying, the reason that you got interested in making that that fork was because when you read the manual, there was a couple pieces of it that you didn't like or were confusing to you, and then you then you just said, "Hey, they they need to rephrase it like this," wasn't it something like that?
1: Yeah, that's how I started. It was like it was confusing for me to understand how to program my radio based on the documentation that was there, and so instead of complaining about it. Um, I figured out what I had to do, really, and the guys that were behind all this were there to help me. You know, they clarified it for me, and then I said, well, what, do you mind if I change the, the manual? And they are like, no, no problem. Please do, and that's what I did, and they, they let me do it.
2: Well, that's it awesome,
0: man. Well, congratulations. Hopefully, they'll come back and tell you that they like it.
1: Yeah, I have so too, but again, it doesn't, if they do or don't, it's not going to change anything for me because my version of it works fine. And the other cool thing about this is that if they make changes, like the, there's just a new release, 2.10, um, I can just pull those changes into my code base, and then I have the new stuff too. So it's all
2: good. Wow. Truly yeah. amazing. That's great. Well, uh Hazy Mike, I don't uh I don't think I'm gonna see you doing anything like that. Uh I don't know how to code. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I know how to color. That's about I, it. I
0: will tell you I will tell you though, uh, just real quick, kind of a off topic, but uh I, I was commuting, you know, for my job in the back of the airplane instead of in the front. And I was sitting next to a guy, I was in the middle seat and the guy at the window had his computer open and he was I I take it he was coding. Because he was typing 80 ASCII characters a minute. I mean, there there were no words on the screen or nothing. It was just, it was just ASCII code, which I know what it is because I went to school 100 years ago when they had Fortran or whatever, you know, and you had to type in ASCII characters to get something to do whatever, you know, to print out a... A punch card on the TRS-80 to, hey, look, I got four holes instead of <laughs> the five. Paper. You know, <laughs> the
2: paper punch cards. Oh, man. It goes with You're dating yourself. Hey, look, Woo. I got an
0: A in that class because I was able to put four holes in a punch card. My, Mike's, Mike's um, but, final project
1: was uh, uh, was a Christmas tree on the punch card.
0: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it, I got at least at least part of it. It wasn't a full tree, but part of a tree. Anyway, the, the point was is that this guy – I literally was sitting there just in amazement because he was just typing all these characters. And, and I, I just looked at him. I was like, ah, how do you even keep up with that? He started laughing. He goes, it's just like letters. It's an alphabet to me. And uh, he said the amazing part about him was that the whole time that he's coding all of this, he's visualizing what the actual website pick, you know, looks like for the user. Which yeah. totally blew me
2: away. So, yep, don't have those uh, those skills. I don't have that skill.
1: So, based on that statement, he was just doing HTML coding for his webpage. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, he, I think that's what he. I, that sounds about right. I I know nothing, none of that. I mean, sure, I, I get try it. to think I'm a fairly smart guy for flying airplanes, but you know, <laughs> it's nothing like that guy was. It's like sitting next to somebody's talking a foreign language. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. If you say so, it's pretty amazing so anyway i i'm my hats off to you mike because that is an amazing thing that you you're able to do is to write code or to do whatever it is to fork something and have them accept it so good luck well, with that and i'm well I'm i appreciate
1: that mike and i I, you know, I think i think that what that really says is i mean i'm no super coder and so what that really says is there's a ton of people out there who are doing really really awesome work uh, and, you know, my hat's off to the iNav guys and the folks who wrote the iNav configurator, the Tyrannus guys and all the work that they do, and quite frankly, all the open source work that had to happen before a lot of this stuff could come to light like it has. Um, you know, open source has been around a long, long time, and you could, I could talk forever about open source, but we're a Park Flyer podcast, so let's not do that. Yeah,
0: no doubt. <laughs> I I would pretty much go to sleep. I think so. I'm, I'm out. Well, Jay's got a, a little project you've been working on too. With a, you got some batteries going in. You got your Tyrannus this Yeah. This week,
2: didn't so it? my Tyrannus, I think we talked about a little bit the uh, the last podcast that uh, yeah. I think had just come in. I had ordered some batteries for it. Um, they give you what comes with it is a uh, a NEMA battery, a, a two thousand milliamp, seven point two volt uh, battery that comes with it. It works. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but as you well know, everything that I get, I have to modify. It's 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 a sickness, it's, it's an illness. It's in his blood. I can't help myself. I got to tinker with things. So basically, the I got I got the idea to do this. I think I was watching um, Bruce from XJet. That's a YouTube channel. And Bruce has I, I he also has a website. Uh, AK Mike, uh, what's his website again? RCmodelreviews.com, I think. That's it. He had a he had a blog on there and basically I remembered I remembered on his blog he basically took some eight uh, eighteen six fifty batteries, uh, lithium ion batteries, and modified them so that he could put it in his radio. And so like I said, the two thousand milliamp batteries work okay, but they are NEMA batteries, so if you if they've been sitting for a while they'll they'll be down a bit, you know. They, they kind of give up the ghost if you've been having a hard day of flying, a day or two, and you have to recharge them. When Bruce made this modification for his by putting two of these uh, 18650 batteries together, basically they run, I want to say they're either 2,500 to 3,000. That's about the size the size of those batteries. The nice part about those batteries is you can run them all the way down to 2.5 volts, as opposed to, you know, 3 volts, 3.2 volts that you can with the other batteries. Well, I've run my lipos down to 2.3 volts.
1: But well, they don't come back up, right? They don't want to nope. come back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be dead. <laughs> They're dead.
0: I'm, you just said you couldn't run them down. I've proven that I can run those down. You can't, yes. You so can well, run them I'm down, a, but I... Okay, but I have a question for you, Jay. So
1: so you have uh, two batteries that you're going to be putting in this, uh, right? Is that... I understand it? Yes. Two so if yes. you run each of those down to 2.5, you won't barely have five volts. Will that be enough to run a Tyrannus?
2: Um, that's a good question. Uh, I I want to. Say, I'm saying that you can run them down. That's what they can. That's what they can be run down to without a problem. So more than likely, I think the Tyrannus basically shuts off around six volts. I think somewhere in there is what I read. So I'm just saying that just because you can run them down to 2.5 doesn't mean that the radio is going to let you. Right. So but they are not going to go do anything. Go like, you
0: set those parameters. I thought you can. Yeah, like, you, like can. On the, you can. You can. Oh, you okay. can. In the radio, the spectrum, you're allowed to. Set, yeah. Set a parameter for the radio. Right. And then it starts
2: beeping at me, going, "Hey, man, you better get on the ground because your radio's about to die." Right. Well, you know how it is. Sometimes you'll, uh, you know, sometimes you might leave your radio on and put it in the case, and the battery's running all, you know, till you get home. Um, so at least more than likely you won't damage anything. You know, if you do, do happen to run it a little bit along, I, I went ahead and I was going to do the 18, uh, six battery deals. And, you know, I said, you know what, don't they have any other batteries that may be a little bit bigger than just the 3000 or 2,500 milliamps. And lo and behold, I saw somebody once again, I don't know. I was on YouTube and was going down the rabbit hole and somebody, uh, basically said, Hey, I'm using a 26 650 battery. So instead of 18 millimeter diameter, it's a 26 centimeter or millimeter diameter battery, and they run basically about 4,000 to 5,000 milliamps. Those are like a D cell size, though, right? It looks about uh, about the size of a D cell, except they're a little bit longer and a little skinnier than a D a D size battery. Maybe like a C battery. A kind longer, of like, C, yeah, C it, like a longer C cell battery. Is so, about, this, so about the so
1: the one thing that just came to mind as I think about this is that uh, there, I'd, I'd have a little bit of concern that uh, one of those batteries might sag, and since you only have two of them, you might not be able to hold the voltage that you need. That's just something that came to mind. I don't know if it's going to be a real issue or not because I don't know the the performance of those batteries
2: very well. Depending on your the the batteries that you get. You can get them where they're uh with a high, they have a higher amperage some some are able to put out well they say forty amps and that's not true. basically a high voltage one or a high uh discharge battery fifteen, fifteen to maybe twenty amps you know straight straight you know uh push that they may have. On the average, batteries that are used for stuff that uh, for maybe flashlights and some other things, that those were usually used for vape. You know, guys who want to vape or something are using the high, the high uh, amperage ones. The other standard ones, more for computers, more for flashlights. They're a lot lower, so they're they're only maybe pushing out anywhere from five to ten amps. Think about this little NEMA battery that was powering your your radio. I mean, it's basically a double A you know, rechargeable NEMA battery. They're not pushing out, like, you know, huge things of amps. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not talking batteries. about
1: amps, though, here. We're just talking about voltage sag. So, like, those are, I think it's six 1.5s. Six, uh, uh, so you're dealing with, uh, you know, six times 1.5, whatever that is, nine or ten right. volts, whatever. Right. It, so I'm just talking about voltage. So you could have you could have 100 amps, but if it only puts that five volts, it's not enough to run the radio.
2: No, 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 no. How do you figure that? the The, the batteries themselves put out... You know, each battery can put out uh,
1: 4.2. Yeah, I'm saying, though, is that if, if you have two batteries putting out 4.2, one of them sags down below three. Now, all of a sudden, you're yeah, not getting all the voltage you need. That's you don't, the other I'm beauty of these
2: batteries me. is that they don't sag. Ah, I mean, they may not what be what able asking. to keep 4.2. Yeah. yeah. But usually they keep 3.7, 3.8, and they, just, they can keep, maintain that discharge rate for a really, really long time.
1: Yeah, and that's all until I was saying almost, is like if until, it sags yeah, past Yeah, until they're a almost exhausted. And, yeah, does that have a problem? But I don't know the profile, so that's why I was saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other reason why I chose the lithium ion batteries. And that's why they use them in power tools. Because you know, they they may not be able to keep, you know, like I said, the high voltage, the 4.2 forever, and they may sag down to 3.8, but they stay at 3.8 for a long period of time until they they almost empty empty themselves out and then they'll you know they'll jump off the cliff. Hopefully by that time you've gotten you've gotten you're really not, tired of flying.
0: Hopefully you're not flying right in the middle of your uh you know long distance FPV right. thing or whatever. You're seventy
2: five well, miles from the house. <laughs> something like that. Well yeah. here's the good part about it. I I'll report like I said as I play with this radio. I'll be comparing my radio to uh AK Mike's Tyrannus And we'll find out just what the differences are. If this thing is sagging, if it's doing weird things, I'll be able to make a comparison. But honestly, it it wasn't that expensive to do. It wasn't that hard to do. And it turned out that I was able to put it, put the batteries internal inside the radio as opposed to the battery tray because they're just too big to fit into the battery tray or too long, I should say. And I was able to fit them inside the actual radio. There was enough empty space in there. What about the weight? Were they much heavier? They're just a little bit heavier, but huh. because they're not at the bottom of the radio, they're yeah, in the they're sides in. of the radio. Actually, the weight doesn't feel that bad. And I think if you have it on a neck strap, the way the neck strap goes, it won't feel that bad because it's it's more balanced towards the center of the of the radio or where the strap hangs, as opposed to the bottom of it. If you understand what I mean, instead of being on I the do. bottom of I, the radio, it's right in the it. middle of the radio. Sure. Yeah,
0: it's where your hands
2: are, as opposed to hanging off the bottom of it. Yes. Head. Yes.
0: Now, can you add uh, the extra battery that
2: goes in the little battery tray, or you can't mix?
0: You, you shouldn't mix them.
2: So you're saying I, I have my I have my lithium ions in there, and then mm-hmm. I throw in the old battery that was that came with it in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could, but once again, you're the minute you add in what a weaker battery, with stronger batteries, you always default to the weaker batteries. Oh, I see. So it's just like if we're flying lithium ion batteries. Let's say you're mm-hmm. flying them in uh, series or parallel packs. Right. Well, if you have one weak pack, one that's really, really old, and you have yeah, a brand new gonna... pack that can put out 65C, and the other right. one, and let's say the other one's now down to, you know, 15C, and you put them together, guess They're what? The 15C, 15C somehow wins. Yeah. Hello. The slower guy wins. The slower that's guy, me. you're only as fast as the slowest guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all excited about that.
0: <laughs> Very cool.
2: So that's about it for my, my little project. Uh, it actually didn't take me that long to kind of throw it together. I was I kind of surprised myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, the pictures look good when I got it. I was pretty amazed.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty interested to see how that works out. Yeah, yeah me well, too. I'll keep you guys in mind.
0: Now, how do you charge those? Same way? You just, do you have to charge them with a certain charger? Or you just no, 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 no. Like okay, was- so
2: of course you can't. I couldn't use the charger that comes with the radio in that whole circuitry. So mm-hmm. I just bypassed it. I, I set it up like a regular battery, and I put on uh, – well, the, 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 the neat thing about the Tyrannus system is that it uses the the balancing right. plug. plugs into oh, this thing. It's, I just, see. The two, it's just the two-cell two balancing yeah, the plug is what it uses plug. to power it. Right. And so that was nice because I have a whole bunch of those. So I just built the battery with one of those, and then I just added a JST plug on the end, so I could just plug it into my charger and plug in the charging, You know, take it out, unplug the radio, plug that into my charger charging port. Pink. So you don't to have to right take up.
0: them back out of the. You don't have to take them back out nope. of the radio then. Nope. You can charge it in the radio. I made
2: the the charging or the wires a little long, so mm-hmm. they stuff right in the back. In the cool. uh, the normal cool. where the normal battery would normally go, that's where those wires are at. So I just undo that, pull the wires out, plug it into my my charging my charger, and off I go.
0: Wow. Yep, that's amazing. amazing. Good and job. I thought, Jay. I, I thought I did. I know, right? And I thought I was doing a good job because I I crimped a couple of servo ends. <laughs> hey, dude. Like, uh, like I woo! said, so
2: you finally, okay. So you were finally crimping stuff. So uh-huh. how many how many thousands not th- I shouldn't say thousands, but how many crimps did it take you till you finally felt comfortable and started getting it? Um, I ruined probably probably
0: about ten of them. There's yeah. three per wire, right? Yeah. So I did both ends. I ruined both of those. Had to clip those off because they I squeezed them too hard. I didn't realize that my little crimper was adjustable, so I had it on the highest setting. And I stuck that crimper in there and bent it right in half. I mean, it literally looked like an L (laughs) as I crimped it so hard. And I was like, "Oh, you know." I called Jay. (laughs) I know. I called Jay. I was like, "Hey, I got to do something different." He goes, "Hey, there's a little wheel on the side of it. You just click it, and it'll it'll soften it up." So, but uh, yeah. And the other thing is, I thought I could crimp everything at once, and it's actually two separate steps. You have to crimp one side, then the other side. Right. Uh, One is in the big hole. One's in the little hole. So uh, you know. Uh, in case you're wondering, Hanson hobbies, that's who I use for all the servo ends and the crimp, um, you know, the little pins and all that stuff. They, they do a great job. They sell in bulk. Uh, I literally have, you know, 200 of these things in a little bag. So I wasn't really, you know, worried about the fact that I only bought five and now I just ruined 10, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah now I've gotten to the point where I, I understand how it works, so. Uh, so
2: crimping, crimping to me is kind of like soldering, even though they're two yes. totally different things. Yeah. What I mean by that is for soldering, you just have to get in there and just start soldering things to, yes. to kind of get your own technique, figure out what you're doing, what's going on, and then you'll get it. But you got to do it. It's just something you just don't pick up and just, it's a skill. Right. And it's the same with crimping. Yeah. You know, you got to, you got to a a few dozen crimps before you go, oh, I don't have to squeeze, squeeze for everything that I'm worth. I, I know, right. You know, <laughs> yeah. now jump up and down on it. One, exactly. two, three. No. Well, because it's ratcheting.
0: So it's like ratchet, ratchet. And then you got it. Once you get it into the ratchet, I didn't realize there was a release. Yes. You can just hit the release <laughs> and helps. let it go. So that I was like ratchet, ratchet. And then I'm like, well, I got to go all the way to the end of the ratchet. So I just squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Boom. Then the flat. thing would just pop it's off just a and a little you know, flat piece like, of metal
2: in there. <laughs> looks it's like an L.
0: It won't fit in the it, it's so flat it won't fit in the blit, you know, in the little uh holder because right. it's like a it's like, it looks a sh- like a, trying to looks shovel. Looks like a penny after you left it on yeah. the train tracks. <laughs> exactly what it looks like. Uh that's that is so true. So well, uh fellas, our hour is up. Hard to believe. I didn't expect it yeah. to go by so fast. I I was talking yeah, wow. more about the lead story and kind of used up all our time. So, and it's a shame because there was a couple other things that uh, we were going to talk about too. Hey, well, well we get to
2: see it till next time. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, That's good news. Well, I'm excited about uh, this weekend. We're going to do some flying this weekend. I think uh, we're going to do a couple of uh, other segments that are coming up this year. So um, the electric festival is not that too far away. Mike's going to be up here and well, I've got, um, you know, the, not really sponsoring it, but we've got the uh you know, space available for us again this year and I think Spencer and Barry have the time off so they're gonna um come out and hang with us. So they're all looking oh, forward great. to it.
1: So, I'm looking yeah. forward to meeting those guys.
0: Yeah, they are too. They're all excited about meeting you guys after but, listening uh, for so long.
1: Yeah, but once they start talking about um turbine jet engines uh, you're gonna hear me going <laughs> la, 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 la 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 the whole time while they're talking about it. That's what I'm going
0: to do. Mike's going to bring his own ejection seat. So I'm out and he's
1: out. (laughs) I'll have those big orange ear, foamy ear plug things. Just pop them puppies in my ear. I I can't hear what you guys are saying. I'm sorry. I got to (laughs) go.
0: Exactly. That's amazing. Well, the uh, good news is it's an electric festival, so most everything is
2: electric. Yeah, they might get kind of pissed off. If yeah, they're not going to talk about that stuff. The Come field. on now, you, although yeah, now. everybody yeah, we can talk about think it it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, right. So, well, you guys uh, set up to go fly. Anybody flying this week? It's been raining. Uh, here. I was
1: noticing that when I came home from work, uh, the sun was actually starting to be out. So, a little longer. It's getting close for me to be able to fly after work. So I, okay. I might start doing that in a little while. Yeah, the sun's out longer. Yeah, the sun's well, out longer. just long. put some, some lights on your airplane. Long.
0: You can fly after work.
1: That's a good idea. I could. Yeah. It's really ride. just an issue of, yeah, do some night flying. It, the real issue is just, just getting out there. You know, it is colder, too. And, I you know, in that sense, I've become a little more wussy about going out in 50-degree oh weather. Gosh. You know, a little less. Oh You're going to lose your goodness. AK
0: Mike status. You're just going to be my, the wimp. My, the wimp.
2: the <laughs> wimp. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because we are like, oh yeah, I was out at twenty degrees below zero. We were flying with our mittens on, and that was our, manly, you know, Mike. Icicles. Not now. <laughs> yeah, now down <laughs> in anymore. Texas. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. 60 we just degrees eat a gulp of chili freezes. and get out there and fly. <laughs> a bowl of chili. Oh my gosh, that is amazingly funny. You're gonna uh, you're gonna turn into a a Texan anytime now. <laughs> Loving every minute of it. Yeah. And the funny part is that, you know, when Jay moved down, he moved down in the summer, so he was sweating the whole time, just like, oh. No, my. no, no, yeah, no. He's like I moved down in underwear. February. Yeah, but and I And mean, it was still, 90 it was...
2: degrees down here. It <laughs> was summer. That's <laughs> well, You're messing that story up. It was winter, <laughs> but it was 90 degrees when I got here, so it was summer to me, and I almost died unloading the truck. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty hot.
0: In February. Well, and it, in yeah, February. And, and the house was hot, too, because so this air conditioning wasn't working. It was 90 degrees.
2: People. Uh, that's funny. You know, and and unfortunately, you know, everybody was like, 90 degrees, it's February. You can't turn the air conditioning on. Uh, what?
0: It's February. <laughs>
2: uh, well,
0: I'm sure we'll have many of those stories left. Well, I am going to fly this weekend. We're going to talk to Philip, and uh, he'll be on our next podcast. We'll ask him some questions and, and get him... Uh, Get him some from inform- or get some information from him when he comes out. So we're excited about it. Well, keep up the good work, Mike. Uh, let us know if you hear from the uh, INAF guys and uh, Jay. Try not to burn the house down with your battery. Uh, you're pretty much done with that, though, right? Yeah, it's all done. Oh, okay. So you're not gonna all the all the little mishaps have already happened. I
2: got all my fingers and toes. Okay, same well, with me. So,
0: there we go. <laughs> we got that going for us. That'll mean that you can get out and fly this week too. Give it a try. I'll try.
2: I'll try. Although I did have a little thing spark, and I have this like little spot in my eye that I—it's just like <laughs> can't see. I, I just like, see all the time. The is that bad? Uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it was. Your retina's all burned up, man. Yeah, you know, I can't see airplanes more than fifty yards away. The cool part is, in when it's completely dark, it kind of lights up the room. You know, it's just—it <laughs> you know, just feels <laughs> God, like it's night light. vision.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, that's awful. Well, from Arizona, I'm Michael from the hills of texas i'm jay and
1: in texas this is ak mike all right we'll
0: see you in two weeks
1: let's fly you have been listening to the park flyer podcast thank you for joining us and we look forward to your next visit please give our show a star rating and review
0: and feel free to email us your questions topics or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com